set. Places, everybody. And action. Hi, guys. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing They Live from 1988, directed by John Carpenter. Um, So I am very excited to be talking about this week's movie. Um, I suggested this movie for July. Um, I was playing around with some ideas and I random passed Ashley and Ashley hit me with a what? Um... Initially, I wanted to talk about Full Metal Jacket, which would have been really intense Mm -hmm. to talk about during July, especially given like um, July 4th in America, because we're based out of America. Um, That's Independence Day. And that's a, a lot of a lot of things wrapped up on that national holiday. Mm -hmm. Um, So I also thought that They Live would be an interesting movie to talk about this month for a lot of different reasons, especially given the current political climate. And it was a really interesting movie to revisit. Um, I've seen it a couple times before, but I'm not sure if you've seen it before. Have you, Ashley? No, this is my first time. I have, um, I'm usually hit or miss with John Carpenter movies. So, usually miss. So, I never had um, heard or seen it before. Which ones have you seen so far? I've seen... Have I seen Escape from New York? I mean, I have seen Halloween. I mean, you know, whatever. And then Big Trouble in Little China. And I'm trying to think. That's not all of them. There's more. Okay. Yeah. I I know he's very, like, revered in some some spaces. And um, especially since he, like, a lot of people um, have been inspired by him in regards to, like, him composing his... Um, his soundtracks for most of his movies, I believe. Um, but I just, you know, the couple ones I have seen, I'm like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> okay. I have seen, I haven't seen all of his movies. I haven't seen like some of the major ones, but I do like most of his work. Like my favorite is like They Live. And I also really like uh, The Thing. Like The Thing is the best um i'm not really a fan of halloween but it has grown on me since the first time i saw it at like 13 i appreciate it more as an adult than i did when i was like a teenager um but that took time and now i I truly understand what's so terrifying about michael myers more as an adult than i did when i was younger Mm -hmm. um but I I think John Carpenter is a director that gives you a little something to work with. Um, kind of like George Romero um, in terms of content. 
And I really appreciate that, especially in horror movies. Even, do I consider they live a horror movie? I mean, it is, but it's also true. It's a true movie that's really happening today. And I'm about to open everybody's third eye as I put on my Kente Kufi cap. And oh, I hope everybody God. is ready to be enlightened this evening. Oh, Y'all ready? No. <laughs> Okay. So Ashley, <laughs> two. Oh my God, Ashley is probably staring at me, like staring at the computer, like what the fuck, like always. She um, literally was like, "We have to watch this," and I'm just like, "Okay." <laughs> now I see why. Um, but what is this like? A brief summary, like, what is this movie about, sort of? Um, basically, it's about a guy who um, doesn't really have any sort of roots anywhere. He just wanders from place to place. Um, he's looking for work. And while he is um, kind of staying in the downtown L.A. area in this kind of, like, shantytown kind of situation, uh, he discovers that there are aliens in our midst and they are controlling everything. Um, and he kind of goes on like a little mission to let the world know that, um, I guess the, the truth <laughs> to, to borrow from you, open everybody's <laughs> third eye, decalcify the perennial gland. <laughs> 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 whatever people, whatever hotels be saying. <laughs> I I went down a slippery slope with that. Oh no. Um, I do not encourage anybody to really do that. As far um, as being a hotep or like looking at hotep things? Uh both. I have um, no patience. <laughs> but have... it's it's interesting. Like I went down that slippery slope for like medical purposes mm -hmm. and it wasn't it was hotep adjacent for me what does that even mean what does that what? even mean so with megan where megan is located is significant in um like where your third eye is like where megan is is technically where my third eye would be okay and I went like, what? Because I was like concerned. And I was like, okay, let me Google what this means. And so that's how I found out about like opening your third eye and your pineal gland chakra and all that shit. And I was like, wait. So when I joke about Megan, I was like, so this is actually a thing? Like outside of me, like this is a thing that people believe in? Well, I know about third eye stuff, but like as far as like, you know, people be talking about, you know, the things that hotels be talking about, <laughs> I um, usually do not pay attention because it sounds the way it sounds. <laughs> yeah. And then I watched that like Chingy clip of Chingy talking about the pineal gland or the pineal chakra and Moses and Martin <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so fucking awful. And party in the Red Sea. And I was just like, what is happening? And I watched the whole thing and I was like, 
oh, so this is what you do now. Okay. Um, and I was I'm just sure my old hair, my uh, old hairdresser was a hotep. Um, I mean, I feel like it's really common because she would bring up stuff, and I'm like, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound right. <laughs> so, oh, I, I feel God. like it's more common than we think it is. I mean, Jill Scott still thinks Black Friday is when they sold slaves at a discount. <laughs> they sell the slaves two for five. <laughs> what the yes. fuck? Yes. Okay. Let's let's talk about Nada. Played yes. by Rowdy Roddy Piper. Also, I figured out that you probably wanted to talk about wrestling for two hours. Exactly. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. It's fucking terrible. Gotcha. So if you don't know or if you don't follow uh, professional wrestling, um, the main character who has no name and is only known as Nada in the credits is played by 80s professional wrestler Rowdy Rowdy Piper. And the reason that he was selected for this role is that um, John Carpenter was a fan of wrestling and he would go to big events. So he met um, Rowdy Rowdy Piper at WrestleMania 3 in 87 and he felt like he had lived such a life that he would be able to relate to the character. Um, and I watched um, a 15-minute interview they did with John Carpenter that was, I guess, included on the DVD called He Lives. And he said that Crowdy's like, face was like scarred and popped which you can kind of see when you watch the film and he said he just lived a life and he felt like he could relate and um according to imdb when they were filming certain scenes of the film like when they would go to the like homeless camp rowdy rowdy piper could identify with the character because he had been homeless before in his past Mm-hmm. So I felt like he did a good job in the role. Like it was the first time a professional wrestler was in a movie like this. And it was also the first time a professional wrestler was in a movie that went to number one in the box office. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, why are you mentioning professional wrestlers? And I was like, oh, yeah, The, the Rock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, uh, of course. I've been making Ashley... Talk about The Rock for like nobody 10 makes years. me talk about The Rock. I will freely talk about The Rock any day of the week. You don't have to control. <laughs> you don't have to convince me to talk about Dwayne Johnson. It's That's been a, a very long time. A very long time. We've been talking about this man. I mean, how could you not? We love him. If you're listening, Dwayne, okay. <laughs> which you're not. Um, like between all your workouts and your movies <laughs> and you're selling, you know, you sell those little like earphones through Under Armour. Like, but if you are listening, we love you here at, um, oh, oh yeah, it does say Black Girl Film Club. But anyway. Girl, okay. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't remember. I know Rowdy Rowdy Piper just because I told you, like, I used to watch wrestling with my grandma. Um, but I don't actually remember any of his outfits. I'm looking at it now with all this. He like, wore 
kilts, like a plaid kilt, and then a a t-shirt that says hot rod. Yes. And a leather jacket sometimes. And unfortunately, he mentored, before he passed away, he mentored um, Ronda Rousey. And so Uh, now she is rowdy Ronda Rousey. And real rowdy. Yeah. I've seen her get rowdy. It don't be ending well for her. (laughs) Yeah. So she is. We don't endorse her here at Black Girl Film Club as she is a trash person. Sorry if you like her. I do not. Does she even still do anything anymore? Yeah, she is currently injured, but she's still on the roster. But she has made a lot of statements that I do not agree with. I think half that shit just went to her head, honestly. It's not good. Um, And it sucks that she has Rowdy, like, as part of her brand now. Well, I mean, he didn't know she was going to turn out to be raggedy. Nobody says, I think this person's going to turn out to be raggedy. It's... You know, I think I like this person and I want to help them out. But so the movie opens with um, Nada looking for work and he wanders into town. And the first like one of the first places he goes is to the unemployment office and he goes there to find work. And we find out that he was employed for 10 years and he said he was employed in Denver and the work in Denver had just dried up. And so he's currently looking for more employment. And that's why he left where he is from to come to LA area. And the woman in the employment office is saying, well, we don't like, there's no work for you. And I was like watching this. I was wondering if there's no work for him because he's like blue collar as a, as opposed to like someone who might come off like more polished and put together, uh, like he's working de- class. De- depending on what he was looking for, because I mean, it's not like he was saying like uh, I have all these credentials and here's my resume and like I've done this, this, and this. Because um, especially like when he does find like construction work, that can be kind of it's not always constant depending on where you live. Um, mm-hmm. because I was just reading, I was reading somebody's timeline and they were talking about how, uh, or some, some blog post, I forget, but, uh, the guy was talking about how his dad used to do construction and they live somewhere where it got cold in the winter. So when winter time came, you know, this work dried up and there was nothing to do and they had to like kind of budget for that or whatever. But, um, I mean, it probably was like, um, a lot of those jobs consider the people that work in those jobs, or at least a lot of those fields, I guess, consider the people that work in those jobs is very indisposable. But you know, a lot of, a lot of the, uh, a lot of industries consider people disposable under the, the weight, the ever bearing weight of capitalism. And I feel like this movie was made in 1988, and we are 31 years later. I feel like every pretty much every single position is disposable at this point mm-hmm. like yes, that's everywhere why people are hired as freelance only because they don't want to pay you um benefits they don't want to cover your you know 
health insurance or any of that stuff. So they're they're looking for full time freelancers, which full time freelance isn't even. It's not real. <laughs> I mean, you can be a full time freelancer, but as far as like working for somebody, if you're a full time person, that means you qualify. Call a, excuse me, qualify for some sort of um, workers support as far as like benefits, but also like paid vacations and things like that. And a lot of people don't get those anymore, especially like in the design field, because I don't know about like anybody else's stuff, but in the design field, it's very prevalent that they only want freelancers for like a little bit of time. And then they're like, okay, we don't have any more work for you. So it can be, some people thrive in those conditions. I've never done freelance just because it, it is it requires you to be on all the time. But I do see that a lot in like in job postings and things where it just feels like if you read between the lines, it just all feels like, oh, we only need you for a little bit, but we don't actually want you to stay, stay around. <laughs> and I mean, that makes sense. If, like you don't have the work to, su- to you know, support having a bunch of full time workers and stuff. But then at the same time, it, it seems like a lot of these places that are doing this are very prominent, um, well-established um, businesses, newspapers, and the like. And they could probably definitely afford the labor. Yes. I feel like a lot of these places could actually afford the labor. They just don't want to. Now, I don't know about like blue-collar work. I don't know about um, necessarily – a lot of that although that's been in the media a lot over the last like 10 so years or something like that but probably for way longer but at least since I've been noticing and keeping track with the news as I do um yeah there's a very there's a big feeling of feeling like you're disposable and that if you don't if you aren't loyal to these companies, then you're disposable. But then, like you're you're disposable anyway, <laughs> because I mean, it really doesn't matter if you stay around for fifty years or not. Because <laughs> you could literally like get cut tomorrow, like, yeah. and you might have dedicated the last fifteen years of your life to this company, mm-hmm. excelled in your field, but be laid off. It's happened to Just, people I know. Yeah. And it sucks. Like there, I feel like there is no such thing as job security anymore. No, not really. Yeah. It doesn't Ooh. really. Yeah. <laughs> what a downer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this movie is like gonna bring all that stuff up because this yeah. is what it's about. Yeah. Um, but he so- also too. He kind of feels like. Um, Oh, what's the character? I guess, what's it, the man with no name from um, the Dirty Harry movies? Like uh, Clint Eastwood's movies? Or Clint, ugh, Clint Eastwood's character, at least. Like, you kind of don't really know anything about him. He kind of says stuff that you're like, oh, okay, I kind of see what his characterization is about. Because at one point, he's like, oh, I believe in America and I follow the rules. And I was like, ooh. Yes, aren't that you about got to learn me. Some shit? I was like, <laughs> Okay, okay, let's see where this is going. Yeah, so I don't think he's, he's not necessarily phased about the, the, um, the unemployment office, because he ends up just going into, like, a construction site or something like that, Mm -hmm. and just be like, hey, 
can I, uh, can I get up in here? What's, what's, what's happening? So he's, he's not like afraid of the hustle or anything. Um, but it also kind of is like, why do you have to do this in the first place? <laughs> mm-hmm. You shouldn't really have to, but you know. And he shows up at the construction site and he learns that like it's a union site, but they do hire him on and he's working with his titties out okay. doing, you know, some construction, building something up and he meets Keith David. Um, this threw me off because I've never seen Keith David, one, looking young and two, with no hair. Um, you di- You've never seen The Thing? No, I haven't. Oh, I feel like you'll like The Thing, but... The first time I saw Keith David Young was in the thing and I had the same reaction because I've never seen him young. And also the first time I've ever like seen Keith David and registered him as Keith David in anything um, was Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> and I've been afraid of him ever since. <laughs> That's a fucking... As a film. <laughs> and I'm convinced that he might be the devil. I don't know when the first time I ever saw Keith David. I know, like, he just, like, pops up. He's one of those actors that just, like, oh, yeah, it's that dude. Um, but I know, like, ATL for one, I definitely remember. And then... Um, he was in ATL? Yeah, wasn't he in ATL? Am I making I, that? I don't know. I mean... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't like to be... I don't like to be... Isn't that her dad? Is Keith David? Oh, he knew new dad? Yeah. Let me, like, hold on. Let's put the fucking Jeopardy music over this shit. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Girl, are you kidding me? I watch it literally all the time because it's always on. <laughs> wait, no. We're taking forever. I'll, I will edit this. I will edit around this, but no. Okay, I'm new new sure. dad is Keith yeah. David. Yeah. I'm oh blown. What? Yeah, because that was her dad, and he was rich, but he came from the hood. But he didn't want nobody to know he was from the hood, and he didn't want her going around messing around with anybody. Because he's like, I was there. I was one of those guys. And I was like, so you just called yourself raggedy, but like, yeah. I mean, I would understand. Yes, John Garnett and Esquire wanted uh, like a letter of recommendation for him. Is that Ti's character? No, Esquire oh, wait, that's is uh, Jackie Brown. Is it Jackie Brown? L- Jackie Long. Jackie. <laughs> Jackie Brown. I don't know. I never. I don't know anything about this dude. I've only seen him in in ATL, and I guess he was in Idlewild and a couple other things, some stuff I'd never seen. But like, um, I guess in Real House Husbands, a Real Husbands of Hollywood. Yeah. Real okay. Husbands. But I um yeah. Well, shit. We're gonna have to watch ATL then. I, wow, I must have deleted most of that from my memory. I have seen this movie an untold amount of times, honestly. All I know is they call me new, new, because I always got that the new, 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 new shit. <laughs> That's all I knew. Yeah, I used to love that movie. I mean, I still do like that movie. And then, uh, and then Big Boy was in there, and he kept calling T.I. a little big brother. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, that movie, and then um, The Princess and the Frog, because he was Dr. Facilier, or however you say it. Mm-hmm. Also, the devil, therefore, yes, definitely, proving um, my theory. Mm-hmm. Definitely messing around with spirits and stuff that he, you know, probably mm-hmm. shouldn't have been. 
But you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, apparently he's in a lot of movies. But like, I mean, he's been working forever. But he's like one of those guys. But that was this threw me off because I was like, this man ain't got no hair, and he young and prone. Titties sitting. He out here. I must say, how old was he? He's only sixty three. He's only sixty three. Yeah, he just turned sixty three. What? So, so that means he was like young ish <laughs> when he was in this movie. What? My what? Yeah. Actually, you're giving me way too much information. Now, I'm not. I'm doing. And I'm. I'm doing my part. I'm doing. He was only thirty two in this movie. What? Yeah. No wonder why they sitting. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, and then I do remember him from Requiem uh, for a Dream when he was talking about ass to ass. <laughs> <laughs> and now you understand why I was like so terrified. Like ass what? Ass. <laughs> that shit was terrible. <laughs> Darren Aronofsky is a mess. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, okay. A lot of stuff just happened right now. I don't, I gotta process that for a second. But they're mm-hmm. working. Oh my God. They're working. Oh my God. At the construction site. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to like bury those like requiem dreams. We're gonna, we're gonna watch Wait. it one day. No, I just rewatched it last year. Because that was the first time I watched it, and I was like, this is a fucking mess, man. I rewatched it last year because I was like, yeah, let me watch a movie because I am feeling some kind of way. Like, what's a feel-good movie? And then I always watch the complete opposite of what I need to watch. You thought that was going to be a feel-good movie? No, I knew what it was because I've seen it before. But anytime I was like, yeah, let's watch a feel-good movie. Then I watched like a really depressing movie. You need and to just... That's get, just what happened. We got to get you together. <laughs> I'll be going through it. i just be going through it. <laughs> yeah, this is not a movie to watch if you are looking to feel good at any point in time. No, if you just want to feel like all of the despair in the world and just watch people ooh, destroy go, their lives for yeah. various things, various substances, various aspirations and things. The saddest part about that movie is the mom. I don't really care about like Jared Leto or Homegirl or even uh, Marlon. Marlon. Nope, I didn't care about him either. I was like, damn, the mom really was going through it. Yeah, she was just watching TV all day. Yep. Mm. You hate to see it. So yeah. <laughs> I forget what happens. I guess they like, he, uh, is this in Keith David tell him like about the, the shanty town, like the camp for all the poor, all the poor people. Does he live in the camp too? I forget. Yes, he does okay. because he had to leave his um, wife and children behind. Yeah. Um, He's from they're Detroit. They're in Detroit. Yeah. And he worked for a steel mill and I forget either the company was about to go under and everybody got laid off or what happened. But then like at the same time, like all the higher ups gave themselves raises, which seems to be a thing that people do a lot. Mm hmm. Like all the time. Cut to footage of like every like banking crisis we've had (laughs) in the last like 20 years. (laughs) 
Um, so Keith David is staying at the like camp and Rowdy, Rowdy Piper is there and there are people watching TV and in the the um while they're watching TV it's like commercials and ads and stuff and the commercials are pretty interesting. They're like, Hey, for the coming up with the nineties the blank phase is out and now we have more glitter and ex- excess and extravagance. And I yeah. was like, okay. Yeah, it's some like fashion, um, like some fashion line or something featuring typically ugly 80s clothes. Yeah, they were absolutely hideous. <laughs> um, and then a hacker, a quote unquote hacker breaks through the um, telecast and announces things and i wrote down like some of the things i he said it was like the poor and underclass are growing racial justice and human rights are non-existent and i was like true the poor and underclass are still growing 31 years later racial justice and human rights are non-existent true we have children in concentration camps in 2019 today as we record we had them there yesterday the day before they'll be there tomorrow and nobody is doing anything about it and all these people want is to have a life like all these people want is to come from wherever they're coming from to america to have better opportunities yeah maybe Which better working conditions I'm like, like damn this place is a dump <laughs> like i was like i guess it's not as bad as other places but like from my little perspective as someone who has currently not left this country before but is trying very hard um i'm like damn this shit is this shit is raggedy but then also you consider like um american interference in various nations is forcing other people is contributing to people having to like leave their homes and stuff. And, and. I'm like, well, y'all the bravery. Cause Lord, Lord, like there, something has to be done. And for a movie from 30 plus years ago saying that, and then having it be true in a, truer way today Mm -hmm. is really something you yes and it's i feel like it's worse now i feel like what is actually happened in 2019 is worse than whatever was going on in 1988 well yeah i mean i mean i wasn't born yet but i feel (laughs) like um i was just shy of a year so don't laugh too hard (laughs) but um yeah i mean i feel like just we can see the injustice on screen and it doesn't matter anymore usually it'd be like oh well if you could see and prove it then surely people would care but you can see what's happening there's like daily news reports there's stuff on twitter there's stuff on that hell site Facebook. Um, and it doesn't matter. People will be like, well, I don't try to make me, don't try to guilt trip me to care about children. That's what people say. I'm just like, the what fuck is wrong with y'all? <laughs> that was some dude that was on the news. It was like some guy that interviewed like, well, don't try to guilt trip me to care about children. And I'm like, well, what do you care about? 
One thing that I've realized with the current political situation is a lot of times people try, people have been trying to appeal to groups and people who do not see you if you're a minority or an other as a person. Yeah. So if they don't see you as people, how are you going to appeal to their humanity? Yeah, I don't think, like, people like to talk about, like, respecting other people's opinions and blah, blah, blah. But it's not really, like, an opinion if you are, like, advocating for human rights violations. It becomes, like, a like a, a more desperate situation, a more concerning situation. Like, that's not just, like, an opinion. Like, you have deep 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 issues in that sense and it just uh it child. People, and like people are literally being denied basic rights people children actual children children y'all children are dying they're dying yeah they, and i know some people have said like oh if this was like a bunch of white children, it wouldn't happen. But I was like, I mean, people can't go to school without being worried about getting shot. So like, it's everywhere. Nobody gives a fuck about anything. At all. And this is a, a problem. Like, I will say there is less of a priority for brown children, black children, children of color. Yeah, that's but, But as a whole, like... Don't know they don't care about kids. They said no kids and not in a yes. funny way. Like they, they've proven time and time again, like they don't care about children. You have children who have survived mass shootings telling you what it's like to be in the situation, to outlive your best friends, to see your best friends die in front of you. And you say it didn't happen to their face. Like you, you say that their experiences, they live tweeted to you, didn't happen, or you harass them all day, or you harass their families, their friends, their parent. Like you make their lives difficult, and I just I don't understand. I I don't understand it, and I don't understand how. I, like you said earlier, like you, we see it every day. We see it all day, every day. We live with it and not enough is being done about it. And everybody wants to be polite about it. You want to hear both sides of the story, but how can you continue to entertain both sides if one side is obviously okay with lying or denying it? Because some people out here are just playing blatant, um, I don't even want to call it chess versus checkers or whatever, but like some people just don't give a fuck and some people are, are very clingy to civility because it represents law and order. Um, and once you start, everybody gets chaotic, then people are just like, oh no, this isn't our country, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, I'm like, I don't understand how y'all don't have a good grasp of history, but I mean... Everybody seems to be making up the rules nowadays. No one really is concerned with reality. Um, it's only the reality that they have made themselves and um, what they hold dear, which is usually not other people. 
And I kind of feel like with the movie, that is kind of where Frank is. Like, with the 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 messages from the hacker, Nada sees them, and he's like, something's fishy going on. And he hears some music at a nearby church, and he goes into the church, and he kind of sees that it's a front. Like, there's no choir actually singing. It's music being played from the speakers. And he finds, like, this group of people who are talking kind of like, not necessarily a coded language, but they're talking about getting messages out there for the masses to hear about, like, people need to know the truth. Um, and they are talking about maybe they just need to distribute these sunglasses. And he's snooping around and he trips over something and he, like, comes across a preacher who is blind and he's the preacher is in the beginning of the movie preaching uh, like foreshadowing like what's to come in the film and he is trying to figure out whether or not Nada is real like later I figured out like he's trying to figure out if he's a, a actual person mm-hmm. um and whether or not he is one of them. So he feels his hands and he sees that his hands are like calloused and he's like a working man. So he feels like, okay, that not as one of him, one of them. And not a kind of like gets out of the church without making too much of a scene. And he goes back to Frank and wants Frank to kind of come along like, be on the same page with him and be a little bit more interested in what's going on. But Frank is like, that ain't my business. Yeah. He is like, he always uses the the excuse. He's got a, a wife and, and kids that he has to provide for, which makes sense. And I think for him, it's more of like, I'm just trying to take care of my, my life and my, like my priorities, because like, this is, this is who I'm responsible for. Like they're depending on me, but I think also too, like maybe there is a critique here about how people kind of try to use that as an excuse to not, um, get involved. Yeah. Get involved and really see what's going on and that kind of thing. Um, but I think it's kind of also like a double edged sword because I mean, this man is like homeless, (laughs) So he doesn't really have, like, all the resources to just, like, drop everything and be like, let's reveal the truth and shit. Like, some people don't have the the economic space to do that. Because a lot of people, too, be putting a lot of, um, a lot of requirements, a lot of, um, a lot of responsibility, a lot of the burden of educating the masses on the poor. <laughs> And it's like, bitch, like the poor only have so many resources to do this. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And that always makes me mad, too, because it's like, why aren't y'all sharing this? Why aren't y'all doing this? And it's like, bitch, people are trying to just like some people are just trying to make it through the week to payday. Some people are trying to make it through the day. So it's trying to just take care of their babies and stuff It's like. There's like a little bit of, yes, you should be aware. You should be active when you can. But also like nobody ever demands that shit on like rich people. 
who have the resources, have the money, have the time, have the influence to actually make things change, like to change things. People always wanted to be like the dude down the block who's trying to like work at McDonald's or something or somebody who delivered pizza. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you, you know, why don't you start a business? Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's the part I host that's what I fucking hate. It's always like, why don't you start a business? And it's just like, shut the fuck up. Like, that's not the solution to everything. Honestly, a lot of, (laughs) with a lot of evidence I see online almost daily, a lot of you shouldn't be starting businesses (laughs) at all. A lot of y'all should keep it cute. And clock in but yeah i agree it's very very difficult guys it's not just you know start a business and make your dreams come true like that shit is also work <laughs> people don't just i don't understand that mindset either that's like another symptom of capitalism that just makes no sense to me other than the fact that you know why aren't you producing something of value and it's like that's not the only value people have is buying, consuming things. Yeah. But I think for Frank, he, he doesn't really, it's really hard too to like change your worldview and get involved with stuff, especially if you are in such a hard spot, you know, there's been many studies about how, how being poor is literally like a, a drain <laughs> on your like life expectancy and it, it changes what you prioritize um, day to day because you do have to be focused on like keeping yourself afloat. And that is, that can be very costly, even though you're poor, it's like, it's expensive to live. It's very expensive to live. And also like, you can't afford to just like deviate from that. Which works perfectly in line with the interests of rich people, because if you can't afford to like step out and actually demand better treatment or figure out what's going on that's fucked up in the system or, you know, what is really fucking up your your life and your economic um, your economic class and 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 that kind of thing then, you know, if you don't have time to actually like investigate those things, then it works perfectly for the super rich because then you'll be stepping out of line and leaving them high and dry. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Think on that. Hashtag think on that. Hashtag talcum X. (laughs) I'll never forget when he said think on that. And I was like, nigga, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Think on that. He was talking about Jay-Z and and Malcolm X was not Malcolm X. Jay-Z and Martin Luther King were like the same age when like Martin Luther King got shot. And he said, think on that. And everybody's like, nigga, what? <laughs> uh, wait. What does that have to do with anything? I think he deleted the tweet. I think we talked about this like a couple episodes back. Maybe like during our A Black History Month? No, I think it was like school days or something. It was a while ago. Oh, we wow. Haven't, we haven't talked about Talcum X in a minute. but uh, Okay, let's not invoke this demon today. I haven't seen him around. I wonder if he got blocked or, like, <laughs> or suspended or whatever. Also, I feel like Frank, even though it's not addressed, he might have some apprehensive ab- apprehension about getting involved as a person of color, as a black man. You know what? That comes up a lot, too. And this is so funny because I know you don't. Do you watch Big Little Lies at all? Um, No, but I did some research about it this morning yeah. that had me cackling. Oh, with all the shit that happened? No, like it was just how a character was described compared to other characters. And I was just like, what Ooh. the fuck? So somebody described Bonnie 
Oh, yeah. Um, and that's who so I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I had to Google who Bonnie was mm-hmm. to see. Which is, um, uh, why can't I Zoe, think her name? Right? Yes. Zoe Kravitz. Why am I thinking her name was something else? Lisa Bonet's uh, daughter, Zoe. Um, <laughs> why would so I think like, somebody else? Everybody was talking about Bonnie, but I have no idea who these characters are. So mm-hmm. I Googled Bonnie to see who it was, and I was looking at like a fan Wikipedia and yeah. I went to appearance and I took a screenshot of how they described Bonnie. <laughs> and I was like screaming because they described Bonnie is a petite, beautiful woman with dark chestnut skin and long black hair tied in several braids. And I was like, maybe in the book, I was like, dark chestnut skin. What? They might be talking about the book. Cause you with know, long black be- hair. Maybe they'd be talking about, because you know how, like, on some of those fan wikis, they'd be talking about, like, book versus film um, um, description. So maybe that's how she's described in the book. But I've never read the book. But, um, yeah, she's definitely not Dark Chestnut. But. And I was like, what? And then compared to Celeste, who I had to Google is played by Nicole Kidman, they just said, Celeste is very tall and thin with long red hair and blue eyes. No mention of what skin color she was. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I was like, that just threw me. Like, you, y'all could have just said Bonnie was black, y'all. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's how she was. I'm, I'm going to go with that's probably how she was described in the book. Because, I mean, there's no room to, like, describe them <laughs> in the show or whatever. I don't think that was described in the script because that would be um, very, very off. But Bonnie is, um, it's kind of like one of those things because people have been talking about how, like, why is nobody, like, why can't these women just go to the police? (laughs) Somebody said that the other day. And everybody was like, girl, Bonnie is black. (laughs) (laughs) Even though she's light-skinned, like, she's still black. Her mama is black. So, like, everyone's like, no, girl, that's not how... Like, and besides this fact, it's too late now because they've already done lied. But, like, the thing is, if you haven't watched Big Little Lies, like, I don't know, fast forward this a couple of seconds or whatever. But, like, Bonnie was the one that actually pushed uh, Perry, which is Alexander Skarsgård. So she actually pushed the man to his death. So they, they pushed they went him to off the, a cliff? They pushed him off the side of the stairs. They're like, you know how on, like, on certain hills there'd be, like, a long, um, like, row of stairs or whatever? So they were kind of at the edge of this thing and they kind of realized one that he was beating Celeste. So he's beating his wife, but also that he uh, had raped uh, the other girl in the group. So and they didn't know that. So and she didn't even really know that um, that was him until they kind of like they all kind of made the connection at the exact same time. And they started like pulling at him and stuff like that. And then Bonnie just like lost her shit and shoved him and he fell to his death. I mean, so, so the thing about like it is, is like Bonnie, like if they went to the police and was like, yeah, Bonnie pushed him over the cliff, Ooh, like Bonnie <laughs> going to jail, not the cliff, but like down the stairs, if Bonnie had pushed him down the stairs and plus like, uh, one of the other characters lied about the whole thing. So they kind of went along with it anyway. So it's already like, you already done lied. And even though like the, the investigator that is kind of leading the case, like, um, on the whole incident is a black woman. Like it's still like. I mean, she's still a cop, so. (laughs) But that could be something that Frank is kind of going through where he feels that, like, yeah, I just want to put my head down and and get this work done, get some money, send it back to my family, and 
make sure my kids are okay and you fucking it up. Because <laughs> he also might have had the same issue with as far as like coming all the way down there and find it, not finding work at first. And then you finally get this job and then and this dude this is boy. like... This white boy with his mug comes and was like, look. <laughs> they doing like, something over his church. You need to come on. I'm like, no, we don't need to come on. <laughs> um. So then it looks like, is this the part where like a couple minutes later, the like camp is raided by like the police? I think so. Like later on at night, um, because there's been like a, a helicopter that's been kind of circling around every so often. And I, at first I couldn't tell if it was like a news helicopter, but then you could definitely tell that it was like the cops. Um, and so, yeah, the cops come, um, they come with basically like riot gear and, um, well, like a bulldozer and destroy the camp. Uh, they beat the preacher to death, I think, or at least you never, s- do we see him again? I assume I they beat him to death. don't think so. so. I don't think yeah. he comes back. Yeah, I assume they beat him to death, and I don't know what happened to the rest of the, the guys in the church, but it's assumed that they're all kind of like run run off or beaten to death. Um, and like, there's another guy, which I don't, I don't remember what his name was either. That was over there. Was it Gilbert? Um, the, that was with the preacher. Cause it was two people. It was the preacher and it was an, like a white guy. Yes. Gilbert. Okay. So yeah. So we going back to Gilbert, but, um, but yeah, so they come and just destroy everything and it's, it's very, um, it's hard to watch. It was hard for me to watch, honestly. Yeah, because people get... Sh- I think people get shot, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a lot going on. It's like you see people who don't have a lot. Police are coming in, bulldozing their homes, destroying what they do have, and beating them and killing them. And, and it's not nothing... Them- There's no other, like, option or avenue for them. So it's just kind of like... If you don't have any sort of actual, like, monetary contributions <laughs> to society as a whole, then you can't be here. Because that happens to people, all the, like, homeless people all the time. They get moved around. People be closing shelters and shit, so, like, there's nowhere for them to go. So then, like, they gather in certain areas, and then they get, like, ran off some more. And this is like, well, what do you want them to do? Like, there's no, there's no place for them to stay. Um, and if you can't like stay in one spot, like if you don't have a home, it's kind of hard to like figure out your life because you also can't like apply for jobs and shit if you don't have a like a address. <laughs> like, no, there's so much that depends on you having like an address and like a um like an actual formal living situation, which is kind of fucked up. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have a house, then you can't get a job. But if you don't have a job, you can't get any sort of money stability to have a house or even like a place to like lay your head. Like even if it's just like an apartment or something like there's no there's no real um, there's no real support there. And it's kind of all their fault. Mm-hmm. So another, you know, another <laughs> Another fact, <laughs> I can't even speak. This is another fucked up symptom of the world we live in. And 
um, Frank gets away, um, and uh, Nada also gets away, and he makes it back to this church, and he is able to get a pair of sunglasses that he saw earlier, mm-hmm. and he runs off. He does like try to help um, one of the younger boys there, younger men there, um, escape too, but I think if I remember right, he gets caught. Yeah, I don't remember. What or they like split up. Yeah. Um, and the end, um, Rowdy Rowdy ends up alone. <laughs> yes. And so he's on his own and he kind of like hides out for the rest of the night. And then the next day, this is when it gets real. Yeah. So he goes back to the church, which is like partially burnt down in one part um or at least like blackened so um he manages to like i don't know what he was looking for like if he was looking for anything specific or what but he finds this box of of something and he goes running around with it um and he ends up like in some random alley and he opens the box and realizes that there's sunglasses and Mm -hmm. he doesn't throw them away necessarily he kind of hides them in like a random trash bin but he keeps a pair and he puts them on and that shit turns into the twilight zone <laughs> basically because everything everything is in black and white and then he can see through the advertising so when he puts on these sunglasses oh no <laughs> the real eyes realize real lies she's been waiting to say that all night all night (laughs) this is my favorite part of the movie because you can see all the um uh, subliminal messaging through Mm -hmm. everything so every part of their society is a secret message and they range from what marriage and um i have a couple reproduce um well, the big one is obey. There's all there's also um, marry and reproduce, um, consume, no independent thought, and like a few other ones. Um, so yeah, every time he puts on these glasses, like there's no even if it's like not even like an advertisement, if it's like a, a thing in like a like a magazine, like an article or something, the cover, whatever it it says exactly what. Um, I guess not exactly what you were thinking, but like it kind of just like takes all of that away. And so, I mean, you have a magazine with just like type, <laughs> like black yeah. and white type. Um, and the obey thing has been kind of influential um, for like Shepherd Fairy because he did yeah. that whole. Um, it was like obey with um, what was it under the giant's face, right? Mm-hmm. And he got really famous off of that. And I felt some kind of way about that because I felt some kind of way about it and then I did a little bit of research and then I also ended up feeling back the original way Mm -hmm. so like in the scene it's also like messages like sleep and um the he picks up a magazine with the sunglasses on and he's looking at it and the newspaper person of well, the clerk at the newspaper stand is like you're gonna pay for that you're gonna pay for that and he looks at 
the man holding money and there's money in his hand and the bills just say this is your god or something like that or this yeah. is god yeah um but with obey it started out like as street art with like you said andre the giant and then it turned into like a clothing brand yeah he does have a clothing brand and originally i'm reading it now he just kind of said like you know this is just kind of something fun to put around um like it didn't have like a meaning it was kind of more of like a reaction kind of thing and it just kind of like reduced the whole point <laughs> of the original <laughs> which is yeah totally like this is um this is fucked up but um i mean i would see these around i would see these stickers around um like on stop signs and and like um i know i've seen them somewhere in dallas and i think he actually had a mural here at one point i don't know if i'm making that up but i feel like i feel like i've seen a shepherd fairy like in person somewhere um so if it wasn't here i was like in another city but yeah it is kind of silly to like turn it into like a clothing agency (laughs) like to Um, take this message yeah use it as street art fine great to make a clothing brand and become a millionaire from it yeah and I don't really know anything about him as like a person. I know he's gone. He's done like he does do activism and he yeah. does make charity donations. But at the same time, it's like a it's it's kind of one of those things where you're just kind of like like I'm taking something that has an important meaning to someone and then kind of turning it into a thing. But then also like Shepard Fairey is also known for his um, Obama Hope poster. Yeah. Which was literally everywhere because I actually have a shirt that was not from Shepherd Fairy, <laughs> but I have one. I have a bootleg one in certain colors. Yeah, mine says president. Um, <laughs> I, it's too small for me now, but um, yeah, it's like somewhere I cannot force my, I will never probably get rid of it, but um, I can't also wear it anymore because it's teeny tiny, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's, that's kind of a, Street art is weird because I feel like, like I want artists to eat. Like yeah, that's your also, livelihood. Like, you, should, you should eat off something that that didn't mean something to somebody else like that. And people are inspired by film all the time, but it just seems very. Like, this is a weird. Given the messages, the actual messages of this particular film. Oh yeah, like subliminal messages and <laughs> in. in things that are up <laughs> and for large groups of people to see yeah this is that's a weird one to do yeah to profit off of yeah and i think uh yeah i don't think he even uh he probably did not consider it like that which is kind of silly but um but yeah he's also gotten like in trouble i think for people to like uh well, actually, too, he I think he's like somebody to take on his work and then he got mad. <laughs> yeah. And said he was like a, he was going to sue them or something. It's like, well, I mean, you don't own Andre the Giant's face. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? Um, but yeah, so after this, he is kind of he realizes, too, that um that the certain people, certain individuals have like weird skull faces. 
Mm-hmm. So the newspaper guy, the newspaper stand guy is like a normal human being. But then like the business guy that he sees like buying a paper from him, it has like a weird like skull face. And they're so ugly. They're so ugly. Yeah. They're genuinely disgusting looking. <laughs> and it's all black and white. Mm-hmm. And it is it. It's jarring. Like, even if it's black and white, it's jarring. They are designed to look grotesque. They're aliens, and they're not supposed to look human. And they're also surprisingly not humanoid either. They're supposed to kind of look like... I've read that he said that, like, John Carpenter said they're supposed to kind of look corrupted, like, corpses, kind of like corrupted human beings. Because they do look... But their eyes are, like, enormous. They're really weirdly... um, No noses. They got weird speckled skin. They're just really gross looking. Um, and he actually starts talking about it too. And he'd be like, damn, y'all ugly. He really did say that. He just went, he's like, oh yeah, you're okay, but she, she's fucking ugly. <laughs> you can't do that in the grocery store, bro. Like, like you, I don't know. He just went from, it was kind of weird how he went from like zero to a hundred with this shit. Cause usually people be like, Nah, I don't believe it. And there's like a there's there's like the denial moment, but he didn't have a denial moment because he I went mean, from like oh shit, this is like a bunch of shit I'm saying, and then uh, to make it fun of him, and then he realizes like uh, like even in politics there are aliens because <laughs> there's like a guy or someone on screen is like a politician. who's like talking about something and he's an alien and behind him is like a big old obey um, poster. And um, basically like the politician's message is just like be docile. Don't fight back. Everything is fine. Yeah. Which happens every day. All day. Yeah, there's a lot of denial out there. A lot of... I don't even know if people are like, oh, it's fine. I think we've made past that. I think people are just like... It's way more fear-mongering, I think, at this point. Like, if you don't do something, then... Uh, I don't know. People will come into your country and kill you or something like that. There's a lot of that going on. Oh, so, yeah. There's a, lot, a whole lot of fear. No, there's not... Nobody's really like placating anybody or like saying like oh it's gonna be okay everything's gonna be fine it's usually like one group is like doing a lot of fear mongering the other one's like look at this there's a lot going on and just and then doesn't do anything to stop what's happening yeah (laughs) everything's a shit show um and and then then you attack the people of color within your party Y'all was y'all was cheering her for clapping. I'm like, okay. Oh, that ugly ass grandma clap. I remember that shit. I was like, mm-hmm. she just looks crazy. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, well, good luck. <laughs> good luck to everybody in America. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is when he starts making fun of the aliens too. Like making fun of the cops. Yeah, he keeps calling them aliens. ugly. And I was like, why are you, 
I was like, you don't give a fuck about nothing, do you? Because <laughs> alien cops came around and was just like, they're all describing him too. There's like a system of snitching in this little group because they all have like these weird watches and some shit. And like they- Rolexes. Oh, they, oh, they're Rolexes. So yeah. Well, they're, they're probably th- meant to be Rolexes. They're all talking in these like little watches, these little Rolexes. And they're like, yeah, they're like, describing him as like a like guy, a white guy in his 30s with long hair. Um, so they're sounding the alarm and he gets cornered by the, the, the police. And then I don't even know how this happened, but he ends up shooting one of them in the face mm-hmm. <laughs> and then shoots the other one. But I was like, girl, with this old ass revolver, that's what made me think of like the wild, wild west. <laughs> I was like, first of all, this is a revolver. Like this is a it was a Clint Eastwood gun. Like you would spin it around and shoot something like a yeah. You got to open it, check bucket the bullets. or something. Yeah, you got to spin it around, check the bullets, and then go and and snap it back, and then just like fire. Like I was like, bro, do we? Did we people? Did people use these? This looks like it should have been like in the Smithsonian. Mm. <laughs> I was like, who police force is carrying this shit? But then also somehow he gets a giant shotgun, like two of them. And then he goes into a bank, which he honestly just should have robbed the bank. But he doesn't rob the bank. Instead, he comes in. He says, I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. And the (laughs) first time I saw that, I cheered. Like, I was like, Oh my God, that is so amazing. (laughs) And it turns out like he had that written down for a promo, like a wrestling promo, like he was going to say that to somebody. And I was like, that would have been amazing. He did eventually say it on air um, at work, but I was like, damn, that's a fire line. Like not too many wrestlers are like excellent with promos like that. Yeah. But I felt that one. I can think of like off the top of my head, like four <laughs> that I realize, like I remember their like their um like their catchphrases and shit. Who are they? Uh, I definitely remember. Um, oh fuck, you're making me think of names. God damn you. Um, well, definitely The Rock, definitely um, Hulk Hogan, and uh, what's his face? Oh, why can't I remember his name? He died like not too, not, well, not too long ago. But the That's fuck is his name? A lot of people. Oh, Macho Man. Him. Yes, Macho, Macho Man, Randy, Man Savage. Randy Savage. Bro. Yes, God. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't All right, now, brother. Every day, like Brittany does. <laughs> like, but I do remember. His, oh, he died where I was from. That's crazy. Aw, I love Macho Man. Oh, that's sad. He died in my hometown. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he, uh, yeah, I remember those three. And then I don't, there's a few, I think I, I feel like I remember like another one, but mostly I just remember like their names and like the, what their faces look like. But, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's actually really good. I'm, I'm glad he didn't waste that shit on, <laughs> on wrestling only. Cause I wouldn't have seen that shit. <laughs> So, um, but then he starts shooting. Like, does he shoot? 
if he shoots, he shoots like pretty much everybody who is some aliens in but you're the bank. shooting in a bank <laughs> he should have took some money honestly i don't understand i mean that wouldn't that probably wouldn't have been the the the, the purpose of the message that John was trying to give us. I mean, I know. But also, I was just confused. I was like, you really just walked up there with, like, some shotguns. Like, some big-ass shotguns. And ain't nobody say nothing. <laughs> like, in a bank. In a bank. And everybody was like, uh, hey, bruh. And absolutely nobody turned around. Everybody, well, some people were like, <gasps> but nobody was like, called police until they were like, he can see and then they start snitching, like... Yeah, one guy had his little Rolex, and he described him in it, and then he went to go shoot him, um, and the alien kind of pushed a little button and disappeared in the thin air, and I was like, ooh, game changer. A <laughs> <laughs> hey, game changer. So, um, I think he he keeps running. I was like, he's still running down the goddamn street with these damn giant-ass guns. And they had like drones and shit, which I don't know what the drones were. Were they something when you took when you took off the glasses? I don't think you could see them when you took off the glasses. That's even worse. Oh my god. We live in a surveillance state, Ashley. We do. We do. We literally do. Your phone is listening to you right now. My phone (laughs) keeps telling me to buy white claw. Cause I bought white claw one time and I said I enjoy it. So it keeps telling me I need more. Also, uh, keeps telling me to join a certain alien church. So yeah, that's your own fault, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that one right there is your own fault. <laughs> My mom's phone does that to her all the time. It's like, do you want to review this restaurant that you're in? And it's like, we didn't even use Google Maps to go. Like, that's disgusting. And she doesn't turn it off though. She just complains about it. And I'm like, you can turn it off if you choose to, but she doesn't do it. And I always get mad at her about it. Um, but I know there's like a thing now. Um, there's like some email client that somebody started. Um, and I was like, like nosing around through design Twitter. And there's like this uh, controversial thing where not only can they tell if you open their email, but also where you were, where you opened it. Ooh. And like. It's not surveillance capitalism. And I'm just like, yes, it is. <laughs> Wait, like geographic location? Like-, like geotagging, yes. Like it actually knows, like I opened this in Dallas, Texas at 1.03 p.m. Mm. So if you use superhuman, please um, do better. <laughs> Ooh, I don't, I don't, I, I, I love technology. Like when I say I love technology, technology has impacted my life greatly because I went from looking stuff up on Encarta when I was younger. I had to pop in a disc to find out that Disney was lying to me. That's when I first became critical of the media. When I found out that Disney were lying assholes, that's when I first became critical. But I don't like what technology has become like with all of it's great and like with everything we're able to do now it's always a dark side like i'm able to talk to ashley in texas right now 
But I'm sure but, somebody like through Skype is like, those girls talk to each other a lot. I <laughs> like, let's listen in. <laughs> yeah. Our FBI agent is listening in. And he he probably like shaking his head. He probably got on one of them wigs we Photoshop on people and is tired. <laughs> he is tired of our bullshit. He's tired. Like, can I please go surveil somebody else? Like <laughs> He's like, can I get a new assignment? I am done. I'm, done I'm tired of her talking about people's teeth. I'm tired oh about, I'm tired of her calling white men ugly. Except for ugly white men, I am tired. <laughs> <laughs> I am so tired. He's like, I'm so frustrated with them. <laughs> but yeah, this kind of stuff is really, really fucked up. Because I think even for some emails I get at work, for like, there's like spam emails or like cold emails or whatever that people, like when I, when I'll like close the email like, or delete it, it'll be like, oh, do you want to send a, a, a read receipt to this person? And I'm just like, I don't even know this person. Like, who the fuck are they? And I always say no. Mm. But it's kind of scary because I don't think it, it, for the person who's receiving the email, I don't think you can opt in on, on that this feature from this email client. I think you just get the email and it automatically sends it to the person. So you don't have any choice whether you they know if you opened it or not. I think you could do something through you, like if Gmail or something like that, like it has a feature that you can do. I'm not sure, but like, yeah, the app is called Super... I don't know if it's an app. I think it's maybe like a... I don't know, is it like a plugin? I don't know how this stuff works. But like, um, yeah, it's called Superhuman. And so that's been a, a thing going back and forth but I don't think it's it's known to like the larger community because it's just launched like a couple weeks ago but um yeah that was the big thing on design twitter and I was like hmm this is scary <laughs> it's it's just too it's too much it's like it's too much like I just don't want to be attacked by a robot and have them put my face on. Yes, and that's where weird. I think this is all leading. Well, I they also, probably wouldn't want to put on my face, but you know what I'm talking about. Oh my God. I think too, like from my perspective, um, being in advertising, like this is a big thing too, which is like buying people's data and, you know, sending you stuff that you don't want in the mail that you didn't ask for. Just because you might have, I don't know, Googled something at some point. <laughs> I've heard, like, an, as an off chance, all of a sudden you're getting shit in the mail about, like, oh, do you want to invest in, or do you want to open a, a, an account with this company? And it's like, no, leave me alone. Leave me the fuck alone. And so I always, every time I uh, we have to do something like that at work, I'm like, because something, so much is so based on, like, data and and tracking and figuring out what you want before you want it but a lot of it is like like this is a breach of privacy like did I ask you to tell me this I know there's like you can opt out of certain things like that but like a lot of people don't know that or don't know how to do that regarding people who do not grow up on the internet yeah so that's also a worry for me personally um but yeah, it's it's a fucking mess out here. <laughs> it's such a mess. Um, so yeah, he he ends up 
escaping the drones, and then he takes a woman hostage. Um, and try. I guess he tries to like say like he's telling her like he sounds like a fucking crazy person is the problem. He's telling her he's like yeah, there's like aliens. Like we don't know like when they came here, but you have to look through these sunglasses. <laughs> and she's like, okay. She, he's trying to give her, he is trying to deliver this message, this important message, and she is not receptive to it. And not everybody can be enlightened and it's fine. Yeah. Usually when there's something, the the thing about this is that, um, this is so funny because I feel like I'm going to verbatim repeat something like RuPaul said (laughs) on his podcast when I, back when I used to listen, um, it's like changing people's worldviews is hard. It's very hard. It's not um, something that can be done easily. Um, and a lot of people will fight to not have their worldview changed. Yeah. It would, be, it would basically mean confronting everything that you know to be true or not to be true and kind of go back. For some people, that would be like, you know... I mean, confronting their religious beliefs and all kinds of, and people are not willing to do that stuff. Like, they're just not, because there's a lot of, um, this actually has gone into, like, um, I might go into cults territory, <laughs> but that's a thing that happens, too, and I forget what it's called, but it's kind of, like, the, the reason why a lot of people don't, like, escape cults and stuff like that is because they have put so much time and energy, whether it's, like, actual, mon- like, monetary things into it like they've given like their you know their paychecks have they donated things or have they put in their time and energy have they been like you know um going around telling people about this and and trying to spread the gospel (laughs) um and that comes into play when people are like oh no i'm not going to leave this or i'm not going to reject this thing because i've i've literally put myself into this for so long that like my faith is literally tied up into this that you don't want to change your mind or you don't want to be confronted which would with what is actually true and i think partially is that and partially because like he was just out there talking like you know some sweaty guy just takes you hostage (laughs) it makes you go like he kidnaps her and she tells him her like she gives him way too much information like her name and it's he like makes Holly or something. Yeah, Holly Thompson. Mm-hmm. And he um he she takes him to her house. Yeah. And he's talking about you need to put these glasses on. You need to put these glasses on. This is what's happening. This is what's happening. And she's like I'm going to need you to calm down, sir. And sure, I'll put these glasses on. Just let me get some more information from the phone. And then, like, shoves his ass out the fucking window. <laughs> <laughs> from, like, a great height, dude. Like, what is he, like, four stories up or something? I felt like he rolled down a mountain. It was really high up. I was like, bro, you shouldn't live through that at all. <laughs> I don't know what broke his fall, but I was like, bitch, he did. He did. He did. Um, uh, and uh, is this when she tells him, too, that she works for a TV station? Yes. She works yeah. for, like, a local TV station. Mm-hmm. And she is either, like, I think she, like, pretended to make the call before she pushed. <laughs> she pushed I mean, you know, them. I mean, 
if somebody's holding you hostage and you just watch them in your house with like two shotguns and I'm like, well, I gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah. We'll just get you the fuck up out of here. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think, uh, okay, yeah, this is when he hitches back down to L.A. and he discovers that he's wanted for murder, obviously, since he shot up a whole bank. And then he finds Keith David, who's basically like, yo, leave my black ass alone. <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> and I was kind of confused. I was like, damn, he heard about it already. But I don't know, because I, mean, I guess if you hear about, like, you know, the aliens probably snitch real fast. And mm-hmm. probably was like, no, throw this picture up right now. <laughs> it was on the news. And, yeah, because usually that kind of instantaneous, um, like, information is, like, something you would think of, like, today. Mm-hmm. Because usually, like, uh, sometimes you're like, oh, like, you don't know about, like, they had his picture up and shit like that. Like, they had that all ready and stuff. Which, it didn't even look like him. It looked like some other dude. Yeah. Maybe how, like, his mullet was, like, styled in that picture. I can't tell. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um... But yeah, they he goes back for the the glasses, and ends up having to go like dumpster diving in like a garbage truck for him because they've been picked up by the trash. Which I was like, well, duh, dummy. Because he lost the other pair that he had. He had to leave them behind at Holly's house. Yeah, because he went tumbling out the fucking window. <laughs> and. He tries to, again, get someone to believe in him. So he tries to get Frank to put on the glasses and believe, like, what's going on. And Frank's like, bruh, 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 <laughs> if you don't get Leave the fuck. Leave me out of it. If you don't get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, because he's like, put on these glasses and then they start fighting and he gets his shit rocked a little bit by Keith David. And this um mo- like scene is considered like one of the best movie fight scenes. It's so goddamn long though. And it's supposed to be like that's what makes it so special. So it's like a 5 almost 6 minute fight scene. It's really long, y'all. <laughs> and from what I read, I felt like I think I read that they were like really hitting each other. In the face, with the exception he of work out or some shit. Like I don't. You seen them things? He probably did. I mean, I don't know because, like, I mean, like if you have a professional wrestler, they said that they practiced like the choreography for the fight for weeks before they filmed it. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then they fucking like just beat the shit out of each other because he got him in the nose. There was some. T- I was like, this is like some wrestling move shit. Cause like one time he like kind of like, like flops him on his him. back. What's that move when you like pick somebody up and then just like drop them? Suplex. Is that what it is? I, I think so. Remember. Like I when you remember. pick somebody all the way up and like lift them over your shoulder, like that but then one. He, like, but then he like went backwards and like banged him against the ground. I think I'm that not- is a suplex. Okay. Well. <laughs> I know, I know the people's elbow. I know the Stone Cold Stunner. Oh, I um, Stone Cold Stunner. I know that. Wait, is it? I was about to say uh, two tickets to paradise. But that's not what it is. Whatever Kofi Keekston be doing now in the ring. 
Mm, he know. is a current champion, Kofi Kingston. He's the heavyweight champion right now. I don't even know who you're referring to. And you know the one, you know the one I be making you watch his video games. Oh my god. Not that one. But his friend, Kofi. I <laughs> Xavier Woods slash Austin Creed. He is part of the new day with Kofi Kingston. This is so much information. It's a lot. We'll talk about it later. This is so much. So, yeah, basically, um, there are some wrestling moves. At one point, I was like, somebody should have broke a bone by now, but nobody did. And then at one point, I was like, because I think I was like having a retail therapy moment. And I looked up and I was like, bitch, they are still going. (laughs) I was putting like jeans in my cart. Oh, you're participating in capitalism, Ashley. Just, you know, girl. (laughs) You deserve. It's fine. You deserve. I do deserve. And also, like, my pants, you know, they look a little worn down. I'll just be buying pants to be buying pants. I need them pants because I got to go work in them. And if I could just go to work in my onesie, I would. (laughs) But I needed some some pants. So I am too part of the problem. Um, but yeah, I, I was like, this fight skin is going on forever. And finally, finally, Nada puts the glasses on Keith David while he's on his back on the ground. Like here, bitch, (laughs) you, you gonna wear these glasses, bitch. And then Keith David wakes up and he's like, he gets up and he's like, uh, the fuck is this? He sees a little drone thing. Yeah, that's the first thing he sees. And he's like, he gets up and he sees like an alien who is looking back at him. I was like, y'all are not doing a good job of being stealthy. At all. Because I think that the alien goes and like starts talking in their watch like, like, they out here, they out here, they can see us and shit like that. And he like, what is, not of us like, life's a bitch and she's back in heat. I was like, who wrote that one? <laughs> That was another banger of a line, honestly. Was that a Rowdy Roddy original? I hope so. Probably. I feel like it is. (laughs) I feel like, because this is, like, compared to the other John Carpenter movies I've seen, I feel like this is, like, the most, like, quotable. Or at least had the, like, the the more, like, standout lines. Because I was like, bitch, what? (laughs) I, like, rewound it. It was like, okay, I just want to make sure I heard that. So, um, I think what happens next? This is where they kind of go on the run from the police because now they're both wanted by the police. So they hide in the hotel and we learn a little bit about Frank. Um, not yes. Frank, n- not a, he talks about like his father, how he, one day his father was fine. And then the next day his father started beating him and he left home at 13 and he has like been on his own ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, they're just talking about, like, their past, and then they come across, like, is this where they come across Gilbert again? Yeah, which I don't even know how, because they kind of are discussing, like, how should they get, and, like, who should they go to about this, and I think it's Frank, who's like, we should find out who made these sunglasses, and somehow they get in contact with Gilbert. And I was like, where the fuck did he come from? But he tells them that they should, like, 
come to this meeting um, at like, a, I don't know, some space out in the city. And uh, they go at night and they're wearing the sunglasses, which I was like, bitch, it's fucking like nine, ten o'clock at night. Like, <laughs> I don't know to tell you, bro, but you might not want to be out here wearing sunglasses. Um, and they find themselves in kind of like an anti-alien meeting, like a coalition of people. Um, and they receive contact lenses. So a technology upgrade <laughs> because she's like, yeah, we just got them in. So they can wear the, the contacts to see the aliens rather than, um, wearing the sunglasses, which the aliens kind of were, were kind of clued into. Like if they saw anybody with these big ass black sunglasses, um, that they were being found out. And so the group, which I don't remember what the group was called. Did it have a name? Um, I didn't write one down. I don't I remember. I didn't hear one either, but it's kind of been blamed as like a, a communist organization that has like intentions of bringing down the government. And so people are joining up against this group. It's kind of like, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of Antifa. Mm. It does remind mm. me a little bit of Antifa. It reminds me of any sort of like, like anti, not anti-government, but like anti-status um, quo group in a way because they always get blamed of like, oh, these people are just trying to disrupt and they're just trying to be, you know, they're just trying to destroy property and they're just trying to make it be a nuisance. <laughs> it's always like, I mean, and usually anything that's like, if it goes against the American government, it automatically becomes communism. Yeah. It's like literally like the worst thing that people can think of is like communal living. <laughs> so, um, and they're being, um, like people are actually, I guess they're, they kind of explain it as like people are, um, are they becoming cops or something like that? Or they're doing stuff, but they're like getting promoted. So it's like, there's like a monetary, uh, there's like a monetary motivation to being like anti this alien group or whatever, anti alien group. I know they are like in within the group, they are trying, like they're encouraging members to kind of like, sneaking like don't make yourself known like befriend the aliens and become one of them so you could turn on them okay then maybe that was what i was getting confused about so yeah they they are um kind of encouraging them to be spies and like collaborators um and so they can kind of find out the inner workings because the big thing is is that um that the aliens have this like signal that they're blasting over um, the entire world, I think, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And the signal is disguising them as like real humans, disguising all the advertising. Um, and so ordinary people cannot see this, um, they cannot recognize that there's aliens in their midst. Um, and the aliens are basically, <laughs> this guy made me laugh. The aliens are basically capitalists <laughs> who are, um, 
have like a colonizing society. Like they are motivated by colonization. They just go to different worlds and colonize the fuck out of it and ruin the environment and suck the place dry and then move on to another <laughs> another planet. And Earth is a third world country to them. Yeah, Earth is like a developing world nation to them. And um, they just kind of, I don't even know how they like snuck in, but they're basically, they don't know why that they're there necessarily, like what their intentions for human beings are in the end. They don't know if they're going to be pets or food. They makes me laugh. You just got to know when you get there. Yeah, but basically they're they're being colonized. And I was like, mm, nobody likes being colonized, do they? Mm-mm. Mm, mm. Think on that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, is this where Holly shows up? Yeah, like, Holly's at the meeting. I was like, bitch, when did you... When did you get that signal, like... <laughs> I guess she got it soon enough to show up at the meeting. And so she apologizes to Nada over, like, tossing them out a window. Isn't that a nice little awkward conversation? And <laughs> calling the police on them. Yeah, she she, yeah, she tossed you to your death and then tried to make sure that you were dead by calling the cops. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she says, mm. are you okay? Like, barely. Oh, like, no, you pushed him out of a fucking window, girl. <laughs> and he proceeded to get beat up the next day. Yeah, I was like, yeah, he going through it, girl. He been I through it. I have no broken bones, but I mean, you know, again, if you were held hostage, gotta do what you gotta do to get them the fuck out of there. <laughs> uh, and then, I, I don't know where they get ambushed mm-hmm. by... The cops, um, and there's like a ch- like a uh, everybody's trying to escape, but there's also kind of like a chase scene, like a shootout that I thought was kind of good. And it was just good because he didn't have to wear them stupid ass sunglasses, so he um, knows who to shoot. And they're actually like shooting. <laughs> Nobody really like survives, I don't think. Not that we know of. Yeah, and it was like, like a big old like room full of people. Um, and at one point, he starts shooting people with like one hand. <laughs> He's holding this giant gun with one hand. And I was like, bitch, this is so 80s. Over the top. I don't think you can physically do that, can you? Um, Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm I afraid know. of guns, so I can't tell you. I don't do... I don't do it either. I don't touch them, so I've never touched one. So, um, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not about that life. Hero. It was very action hero esque. Yeah, it was fun. It was something from like Die Hard. <laughs> Bruce Willis could have been Mata. Bruce Willis probably could have. Now that I'm, you say that. I would, I, it wouldn't have been the same, but. No, he probably would have been way more sarcastic. And these movies came out the same time. Oh, Around yeah. the same time. Yeah. At least the same year. So, yeah. I mean, it would have been very much like a sarcastic joke at like every other. <laughs> like every other line 
would have been so sarcastic and this nigga wouldn't have no shoes on. So, like. <laughs> <laughs> like, not again, John. Not again. Um, so, I forget how this happens. Like, does somebody drop a watch? Yeah, and they get a watch? Yeah. So, there's, like, this. Like, one of the Rolexes falls on the ground. And um, it starts, like. Like, it's kind of, like, all fucked up. Like, I guess something is, like, malfunctioning. And it's like, oh, the portal is opening. And you had, like, five seconds to get into the portal. And I was like, bitch, are you really going to jump in here? Because <laughs> I didn't know. Like, we don't know where there's a portal to. But they go in. They go in. I was like, y'all could have ended up, <laughs> like, by Venus or something. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine they just stepped in there and they couldn't breathe or some shit? Just out there breathing, breathing in outer space. I mean, that would be me and you. Yep, that would be how the story ends. We would be, we would fuck up the beam. Yeah, be like, oh shit, I'm floating out in space. <laughs> it's like, well, damn. Damn, we sure didn't save the world. <laughs> uh, just our luck. <laughs> <laughs> so they are led to like underground tunnels um although they don't i guess it's under la i'm assuming um and so they're running around and trying to figure out stuff and then they stumble onto like this banquet and it's basically like a big old human alien um Let's suck our own dicks and congratulate ourselves. I was about ourselves. to say, like, a circle jerk. <laughs> yeah. But exactly. Yeah, a circle jerk or fuckery. Um, because they're congratulating themselves on how far they've come regarding um, control over the world and how they, um, like, not only L.A., but, like, the entire Earth is basically going to be under their control by, like, 2025. Ooh, we got, what year is it? Nin- 2019? Yeah, five and a half years. If this is really happening. Ooh. So. Yeah, man. I mean. I mean, they were playing the long game. I can see it. 98. 90, what? 88 to 2025? Yeah. Like, bitch, I don't know what's going on about it. I can't. Listen, the fact that it's about to be 2020 is mind-boggling to me. I don't like to think about it personally. It's it offensive feels, when I do. It feels like we are um, a failure because. So many wonderful things are supposed to happen by now. Yeah, like I was supposed to be earning enough to survive and living my best life. Yeah, jet setting and and shit. And And I also... With jet packs. (laughs) Yeah. And I was supposed to be able to walk my dog on a space treadmill in space. <laughs> that shit always freaked me out of how high up their houses were. Yeah, and the jet like what if like what if you fell off? Like you did. <laughs> I always thought it was like some shit that went down on Earth and so they started building everything sky high. I mean I can see it. You know, isn't it that one movie where like all the rich people live above the earth and all the poor people live like on Earth and shit's all fucked up. I feel like that's every movie. But it's like, I think it's like a recent movie where it's like a big old like dome or some shit. (laughs) A 
above the earth, just like floating there. So like you can actually see it like day by day, but you're just like stuck on earth. Was this like a Matt Damon movie? Oh, you too broke to go up there? Yeah, like you had to be like super, super rich to go up there. Like you could go up there if you had money, Mm. but you didn't. So I don't actually. Oh, Elysium. That's what it was. I feel like the disparities between the rich and the poor comes up a lot in fiction and in life. Mm -hmm. And no one really does much about it. Yep. Change is for a lot of, a lot of, uh, I feel like a lot of change is, is slow going. And I feel like that gap. Positive change is slow going. It's it's just going to get bigger. It's going to get bigger and it's going to get bigger. And then all of this shit is going to collapse. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. what's gonna happen? Girl, I already said, do not, I'm not trying to survive no post-apocalyptic nothing. Fuck out of here. I just need lotion and soap. <laughs> like, if I can have... not be able to do that. What if a bar of soap is like five, no. How much is a bar of soap now? What if a bar of soap is like $10? I mean... I live and that you lifestyle. Make a I, uh, a I live that lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I already live that lifestyle. But not fancy soap like fucking like Irish Spring or Dial. What a ah, Dial like ten dollars. <laughs> no. <laughs> dial, bitch. <laughs> oh no. Oh my god, that shit is terrible. These are like we're joking, but like. This could realistically happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, that's gross. Uh, uh, the collapse is coming. <laughs> yeah, like, John, like, when I was watching He Lives, John Carpenter mentioned, like, if this fails, like, if it collapses again like it did in the past, it's going to be disastrous. You know, I was thinking about that, too. Like how like the basically like the fall of the roman empire <laughs> and shit like that they used to be my favorite subject like of hit like like era of history to to study but um yeah i was watching some like movie with like rachel vice and and oscar isaac which is kind of like it was meh but it was um basically supposed to be them in ancient egypt and i forget what her character name is but they're supposed to be not ancient egypt but like kind of Egypt on the cusp of being uh, converted into like, not well, not converted, but like there's Christianity, so that like push and pull between old gods and Christianity and that whole sort of uh, change in history. <laughs> I I think it's called Agora or something. It was so boring, but um, she's kind of like a like a. I don't want to say a scientist, but she's like a teacher and she's kind of like, she studies the planets and stuff like that. So like an astronomer, I don't know. How do you, mm-hmm. sky. but she, um, she talks a lot about like science and philosophy and stuff like that. And so, um, I was sitting there and I was like, damn, because at one point they, the Christians take over the temple and they like, they are like Rachel Weiss and like her group of like male students and stuff are, um, are given like, 
10 minutes to grab all the scrolls in the library. Cause I think they, yeah, they work out of like a library and they, um, are given like 10 minutes to like grab all this stuff. And then the Christians come and like destroy it all. And I was like, Oh my God. Mm. Like what if like when the fall of civilization happens, like everything we know is like destroyed and like everybody has to like relearn science from the very beginning. <laughs> it's just like, fuck. <laughs> my God. And there's going to be like a bunch of people who can't read. And then that's going to help like the ruling classes because they can read. And so I'm like, Oh God, it's happening again. <laughs> but the spider is going to be like, I don't know, like internet access, access maybe. Yeah. And like climate refugees. Cause that's going to be a thing. like oh my gosh like I hate these are things that I think about often because like it it might sound far-fetched it it sounds fit like it sounds fictional it sounds like something from fiction sounds like something that we're making up or like we're writing a a, a novel or something but realistically like it could happen like it can happen it's on the verge of happening if we're not careful and i have no idea what we need to do well i have ideas what we can do but what can i do yeah yeah and sometimes i'm like man i might not live long enough to see any of this but i probably will and it's gonna be freaky and I always just get really, um, I get really like concerned about like the, the, the preservation of information because who, like the people who have the access to information usually, uh, have access to the most power. And right now it's kind of like spread out because of social media, but even now people are making up fake things. They're making up, you know fake videos and there's like a big skewing of like what's true and what's not true and what's real and what's not real and and um yeah man it's just all concerning and like kind of in line with this movie again with like the message is like even if all of this survives like our perceptions of reality wouldn't be true like if our for not necessarily me because like my instagram account is basically all selfies of me like oh yeah I'm cute today um but like when you look at like influencers or notable figures because those are people who are going to be thought about in the future like when they're like com- like if if it's archived how much of that information is true like how much of the content that they're putting on their social media or their Instagram accounts is is their reality versus sponsored content. Oh, yeah. A lot of things are sponsored content. A lot of influencers now are, are just walking and talking salesmen, saleswomen and salesmen. And, I mean, to me, really and truly, they're no different from, like, your average, like, Avon lady or Mary Kay specialist or whatever, like, yeah. You just selling stuff. And like I 
have been trying to explain to people that the reality you see outside of your day-to-day lives, like the people that you interact with daily, and even then sometimes, that's not necessarily true. Like, that's not necessarily reality. That's not necessarily what's happening. Like, when you watch reality TV shows, that's a production. Like, that's edited. Those people are maybe coached. A scene might be filmed and then filmed again for a better angling better angling on like the storyline or maybe they didn't get a uh, proper lighting on a take so it's not necessarily true and I'm always telling people to be a little more like critical of all the media you consume and I I know that I could be very I know I can be annoying because it it kind of sucks sometimes when you're watching something and you realize what you're actually watching. Like, uh, I mean, a lot of things are motivated by advertising, number one. Um, and, I mean, at this point, I wouldn't think that reality television is very true at all. But you There's have like a people couple shows I enjoy, who- but like think that it is yeah and that's kind of concerning because i'm just like why don't you think like a little harder (laughs) like have you met like an adult woman who will literally buy anything that kylie jenner has on her instagram and i'm not talking like a 20 year old i'm talking like 30 plus i don't know those people and thank god but you sound like you know those people yeah yeah that's sad (laughs) that's really sad and i i yeah and even people that i know who like love advertising because advertising is never my first love or anything i just you know i'm out here getting paid so like (laughs) and believe me i'm like oh god sometimes like oh this is um there's some people i have to like explain like this is this is not like, this is, you're being advertised to. And it's so weird to have to, like, explain that to people who do advertising. Because I'm like, you should know. But I don't know if it's because I'm, like, kind of, like, not so enamored with the industry as a whole. That I'm kind of like, this is just, like, a fucking long-ass sales pitch. Every Everything is meant to sell you something, guys. So, yeah. even if it's from a body-positive angle. Oh, my God. They've, yeah, they've corrupted that. There's a lot of social movements that have been corrupted. Pride and all kinds of shit. <laughs> like, and a lot of people, especially for Pride, people are way clued in, I feel like. Maybe not, I don't know about the younger babies, but um, I know, like, on pretty much every, around June 1st of every year, people are like, all right, these people are full of shit. <laughs> and here's how you spot them. But like, every you're 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 being sold a bill of goods on a lot of different things, and companies are using that against you. People they're weaponizing your nostalgia for different things, your identity, your personal beliefs. What up, Disney? Yeah, like they're using your childhood as a weapon against you, and then they meet another collaborator who's like. This guy who was a homeless man before on the street, and he's like, "Hey y'all, what y'all doing here?" He's dressed up in a suit. Was this he was, Gilbert though? 
This wasn't Gilbert. It was another man. Okay, because I kept thinking Gilbert kept popping up. No, okay, Gilbert well, was gone. Gilbert ain't make it out. Ooh, okay. And RIP, my guy. And um, he, they asked for a tour of the place that they're in, like the TV studio, technically, where they're sending out the messages because that's where the reception is being held. And so they go on the tour. They see, like, the different aliens and everything that's happening. And then they get up to where, like, the they're filming the news segments. Mm-hmm. And so they ask the guy if he could take them into the newsroom. And he's like, I don't think so. And he's like, you sure? And so they start shooting the guards on top, outside of the studio. And yeah. and he kind of is showing them around because he, he shows them the, the portal, too. Mm-hmm. He showed them everything. Um, yeah, he was just telling them everything. And I was like, damn, you really thought they were just, like, down for the cause? <laughs> and then he shows them, like, the, the portal where they end up going to, like, different galaxies and shit like that. He's like, you can go anywhere you want to. And I'm like, well, damn, this is sophisticated as shit. <laughs> he just had some guy just stepping on, like, a little platform. And he was, you, he was gone. Mm-hmm. And he bounced like they they was going to put him down, but they he got out. And so well, he he says a bunch of stuff that I wrote down because he said there ain't no more countries, there ain't no more good guys. And he says, we all sell out every day. You might as well be on the winning team, <laughs> which in my brain, I always think get with You're the winning, winning team. team <laughs> Because my brain is full of memes and memes alone. Um, but he, I think John Carpenter said that like a TV executive actually said this to him. Or not a TV executive, like someone from like Universal said that to him at one point um, during some conversation they had. And he was just like, that was fucked up. Uh, and so I was like, damn, like all it took was like a little bit of money. And then like you let these people like suck the whole fucking planet dry. So I don't know if he was just trying to be like, yo, I'm just trying to like, you know, have a good time while I'm here. Um, I, yeah, that's what I got from it. And I was like, damn, like, you just really like, he knew he was doing wrong. He didn't give a fuck. Yeah, he just wanted to get in where he could fit in. I was like, bruh. All right. (laughs) And this is when they go and shoot up the TV station. Yes. And then Holly pops back out. Like, she reappears. The last time you saw her, she was at the melee at the place. Yeah, and he was looking for her. He's like, no, I think I can go find her. I was like, if you don't leave this woman alone, (laughs) leave her alone. And it turns out that she with the shits. She's she's one of them. She is a... She's a human, right? But she's a collaborator. Yes. Yeah. She's a sellout. Uh, they like make it to the roof, and uh, he like like Rowdy Rowdy Piper runs up ahead of them, and she catches up. She catches up with Keith David and shoots him right in the head. And I was like, "Excuse me, what?" <laughs> I was actually like upset. <laughs> No, this bitch didn't. <laughs> he really caught up to her. It was just, oh, she caught up to him. I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, let me shoot you behind your friend's back. And I was like, damn, she ain't shit. And it happened so quick that I didn't actually realize it happened. And I had to, like, rewind it. And I was like, damn, she really did that shit. 
And so he doesn't even realize that he's that that Frank is gone. And um, he finds like the little satellite that's like put not the satellite, but like the dish that's like putting up like the signal. And she's like, oh, well, don't interfere. You can't win. And I was like, good grief, lady. She was not going to give up. She was not all that to be doing all this. Yeah. He was, you know, I was like, bruh, you was going to go back and look for her too. He he was. She mess. probably got a ride from the cops. Like, <laughs> <laughs> here, take me next to the, to the next point. <laughs> like, and he, um, he shot her. He shoots her, and um, at this point, like, a helicopter full of cops come, and they're like, hey, put the gun down. He's like, hey, fuck you, and shoots the dish. <laughs> and in the middle of that, uh, he's shot by a cop, and as he lays dying, he gives a middle finger. And? Oh, like, this is so 80s. <laughs> I was like, power, like, I appreciate that. I mean, if you're going to go out, like, let them know at you know, until your last dying breath, how you feel about them. He was about that life. Yeah. Yeah, he was. You know, he did a complete 180 from I follow the rules, bitch, till I'll shoot your fucking house up and <laughs> your bank and your fucking party and your TV station. But yeah, he, he which I was so confused when he got this little ass gun to shoot this the the dish. I mean, it was like an Austin Powers gun. You you gotta you gotta work with what you have. I was like, you were really just shooting people with shotguns. So I was like, you don't wanna and like now you have this little tiny little I don't know what you call it, but I've been calling it like an Austin Powers gun ever since <laughs> I saw Austin Powers. It was like the world's tiniest little gun, and um, so the signal's gone, and girl. <laughs> This part had me dead because all the aliens are in color now and they're so much uglier than they were in black and white. They're like purple, like maroon and blue. Yeah, I think there there was a lot of blue. Their eyes look fucking scary. You know what? You know what they look like? Do you know that guy on Twitter who be making them like realistic versions of The Simpsons? Oh. <laughs> She, these aliens look like that. Like when he makes Homer Simpson look realistic and he's got those gigantic fucking eyes and those tiny little people. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it looks bad. They're ugly. They're like ugly. And so, um, it's like in various situations. So, like there some people are watching the news and they're talking about like the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the Oscars or whatever. And the um the newscasters, like the news anchors or whatever are are aliens. So this one alien's got this big ass eighties hair. <laughs> like this terrible fucking wig. And then there's a guy in the bar who is sitting there with them and everybody looks around at him like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Like, what are you? And where, where did you come from? And I forget, like, what the other one is, but there's also, like, the big one at the very end. 
where like you could see the posters in the room where like this woman is having sex with this man but behind her it's like a poster with the messages on them and then she looks down and it's an alien and he's like what baby (laughs) and the movie ends and I'll be like bitch (laughs) I would literally lose my shit It is, I love this movie. (laughs) I absolutely adore it. It is fun and wild, but also gives you a lot to think about. It does have a hashtag, a lot of hashtag message moments Mm -hmm. um, to consider. And it, it honestly would like I I feel like I've I've seen it a lot. I also watched it when I was younger, mm-hmm. and apparently I've seen it a lot when I was younger because I was talking to my dad uh, earlier about it, and he was like, "Yeah, you you've watched that a lot," and I was like, "Oh, I have." He's like, "Yeah." Um, <laughs> so it opened my eyes at a young age to kind of be a little bit more critical about what I'm watching. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend it. What was your take for a first time seeing it? Um, I liked the majority of it. Um, I wish there had been like a, this is such a, like a nitpicky thing. I wish there had been more of a, like more diversity in the, the advertising messages. Besides, like, the ones that they had. Because they only had, like, four. And I was like, these are a little cut and dry, I guess. I don't know why. I was like, what if... I was like, I wish they had more, like, messages within the advertising and stuff like that. Um, But, I mean, it was, like, you know, being... It wasn't even, like, buy this specifically. It was just, like, buy things. (laughs) And so I was like, well, I mean, that makes sense. Um... Especially, like, at, you know, not the height of the Reagan era, but pretty much, like, towards the tail end. Like, it still was kind of, it's very bold of him to put out this, this, um, this movie. And, um, I don't think we mentioned, like, it's based off a short story from, like, the 60s. So this isn't, like, necessarily brand new as far as, like, being, um, like that sort of concept of of things not see being things not being the way they seem, um, but I did like and I did I liked how it was more of a it it felt more like an like an action movie in some parts. Like I feel like for a lot of people, like a lot of movies about like this sort of subject, it usually ends up being. Um, like this is kind of like not the character that you people usually go to for this. I don't know how to describe it, but it just it doesn't feel like they would use this kind of like every man kind of thing for this character. So I'm kind of glad he did that because it is the people that he used the character that would be affected the most in this. Mm-hmm. Which is somebody who works, somebody who's not like in necessarily like a part of academia or whatever. Um, 
So it just made sense in that respect. So I did enjoy it for sure. I just thought it was kind of odd that he went like 180, <laughs> like completely and so quickly. I was kind of missing that sort of like denial stage or whatever. Yeah. Because I feel like that'd be more realistic, but also like this is 90 minutes. So like we got to get to the, we got to get to the action. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate how brief it was, even if sometimes it, it was a moment where I felt like it dragged a minute, but then it picked back up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it pretty much goes from the get go. Like he discovers this pretty early. I feel at least like in the, uh, maybe like in the first like 30, 40 minutes. Mm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> your third eye is now open. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. You know what this reminds me of now too, that you keep th- seeing third eyes at fucking, um, red table talk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That gif keeps coming up in my head every time you say a third eye with with her and Willow. Go ahead. Getting their third eyes. Oh, God. I cannot take it seriously when he misses over your third eye. I feel so bad. I hope no one is taking me seriously when I say (laughs) I'm opening my third eye. Think on that. (laughs) Is there, like, any movies that you would recommend? Yes. Okay. The first time, well, actually, like, within either the first few minutes of me either reading the synopsis or um, actually watching this, I can't remember which where it came to me, but I was like, you know what movie this sounds like? This sounds like The Matrix. Ah. It sounds like The Matrix. Um, to me, um... Just for the whole sort of your life as you know it is actually extraordinarily fucked up in a way that you weren't able to see until now. (laughs) And I know there's a whole bunch of stuff about red pilling and the thing and and white people have corrupted the fuck out of it. Thank you for that. (laughs) Thank you for ruining this for everyone. But at the very basic, (laughs) it is these machines have taken over your life and you didn't even fucking realize it. And once, (laughs) and even worse is that they are harvesting you and eating you and using you as fuel to serve their purposes. And you have no fucking idea because you're just out here, you know, spending money and living life. And so I was like, huh, interesting. So that's my, um, that's what this reminded me of. There's obviously very big differences. Um, I think like this one's, I like this story better, uh, only because I don't like movies where like everybody gets together and then like they're kind of picked off one by one, but you don't learn anything about the characters. So it's just like a big group of people that you meet for like five seconds. That mm-hmm. always bothers me. Um, and that kind of is, that happens in the matrix. Um, but of course, I mean, everybody knows that, of it as like a massive, I cannot talk today, dude, as like a massive, like technological achievement in movies. And like, you'd be, you would be super naive to say like the matrix hasn't inspired 
like a number of of um, special effects gains in movies and things like that. So like for that reason alone, I still liked the movie. It was kind of like like certain parts of it. I'm like, you could have done this better, but it just reminded me of that as far as um, opening your third eye. <laughs> I I just watched The Matrix for the first time this year. And yeah, I feel like you watch it too late. <laughs> I did because I wanted, like, I wanted to enjoy it way more than I did. Be- it was hard knowing its impact on society now. Yeah, and some people have taken it to, a, like, if you watched it and you had no idea how other people felt about it, I feel like you would probably enjoy it a little bit more. But, like, as it stands right now, like, people have, like, oh. <sighs> No, it's just like it's like the Fight Clubs like syndrome. Like, like people take movies that are actually like like this is this is meant to say something about one thing, but y'all skew it into something like completely different to serve your weirdo fucking misogynistic racist <laughs> views. And just like my god. And for anybody who is listening about this movie, um. This movie isn't about, like, with They Live, John Carpenter cleared it up that this movie is not about Jewish people controlling the media like neo-Nazis and white nationalists had said it was. Yeah, that is so weird. I saw that, like, quote, and I was like, bitch, what? <laughs> that's what I was like, wait a minute. Are you? I was you, like, wait. That's what no. you got from watching this? I know. It's so weird how people take the movie because, like, like, for instance, like, Fight Club, like, it's very much like an anti-capitalist thing, but it's also rooted in, like, irony and satire, and, like, David Fincher is like, please do not take this movie, literally. And I always, like, that never crossed my mind, but I'm also not a racist. Yeah. Or anti-Semite. So, Same. Like-, <laughs> like, especially, like, when you listen, like, when you, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But I, that's like the last thing my brain even went to. I was just like, wait, what? We did we watch the same film? Like, did we did we both get the same messages from this film? Right. Like, we're a bunch of oh my god. Oh my god. The fact oh. we had to explain that is a mess. Oh uh, wow. People okay. I'm not gonna go off on another tangent. Um, I would recommend something that's kind of similar, but a little different, a little bit weird is, uh, Society. Oh, God, um, is it is a horror movie. Oh, no. Uh, from 1992. Um, it is a body horror movie, so be careful okay. if that's not your stuff. Okay. Um, but it is also like a cult movie. It is also about... I feel like it's like a byproduct of Reagan era, uh, elitism, capitalism, just overindulgence of 80s ideals. And somebody kind of sees through that and see what's really up. So that's my recommendation. Yay. I'm looking at it on Letterboxd right now. I need to rewatch it. I haven't watched it in a while. The cover is intense if you're looking at that cover. Oh, yeah. People pulling their faces away from each other. And pulling their faces off, basically. Yeah. 
So just be careful. Don't say I didn't warn you on that one. Oh, God. She's like, here, watch this fucked up movie, but don't blame me. <laughs> That's how I live my life. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so those two movies are, I mean, I haven't watched your movie. I haven't watched Society yet, but, um, yeah. Okay. So interesting. Hey, guys. So we forgot something really important, um, a really special recommendation. The Josie and the Pussycats movie would be perfect as a comparison to They Live. Um, it's got, you know, music, a banging ass soundtrack produced by Babyface. It's got makeover montages. It's got, um, you know, the nation's youth being corrupted and controlled by subliminal messages uh, placed in pop songs. Um, MTV is totally complicit. Carson Daly, all that. Uh we're not kidding when we say this. this is one of our favorite movies and I really hope that we actually get to talk about it in depth one day but for now run don't walk go watch the Justine and the Pussycats movie we love it thank you guys for listening um if you made it this far we really appreciate you um supporting us and listening to the podcast and you could follow us on twitter at blk girl film club um, you can listen to this on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And if you want to drop us an email, you can email us at uh, blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com or visit blackgirlfilmclub.com. This is all true. And our next episode will be another kind of like sci-fi movie that I'm excited about. And it's going to be Invasion of the Body Snatchers, nineteen seventy-eight. This is true. Yes, yes. and this is like, I I was just like, can we just watch this? And then you suggested the seven. Was it seventy-eight? You said yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it should be interesting. Had I really sat there and look at look, if I had actually sat there and looked at the synopsis for they live beyond what you told me it was i would have been like oh let's watch the matrix and then you would have been mad but it's fine <laughs> i mean i could have watched it again i guess we could have watched keanu and in leather and, and talked about bullet time and we could have talked about red pills Oh, God, never mind, because I'm not researching that. I'm not trying to get, you know, radicalized or whatever the fuck y'all are trying to do. <laughs> Shout out to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My algorithm scares me. No, it actually, I, it's been pretty good. I only watch is like, PD YouTube and, like, French videos, so. That would, I mean, that would be interesting as, like, from a, from a technological standpoint. Because I actually realized I had not seen the beginning of that movie in a really long time, and I forgot Trinity does that really fucking cool, like, spin, the the camera spins around her when she's, like, suspended in midair. And I was like, bitch, maybe I might have to rewatch this. Maybe. But also, I mean, I've seen it enough times. <laughs> I've seen it a lot of times, so. But hey, who am I to turn down a Keanu movie? I understand completely. Well, Thank you guys again. Yes, thank you. Um, seize the means of production. Um, 
down with your weed. <laughs> yeah, eat the rich. Hashtag eat the rich. Eat the rich. Um, Google is listening to everything you say. What um, else? so it, don't Alexa, oh, was, Amazon, your MacBook. I was going to say, don't buy anything on Prime Day, but fuck, this episode is definitely not going to be out by <laughs> tomorrow. So. <laughs> so just be careful. Bad, yeah, just, you know. Don't forget to tip your FBI agent, I guess. Since, shit, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Don is having a time sitting there. I know Alan has been through it. <laughs> These people sound like white people who'd be like, how the hell are you, Don? <laughs> Having a great day. <laughs> did you see what these... How you did doing you see what they were bitch? talking about? They were talking about us. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oh, somebody's being... We're being snitched on right now, so... Yeah, definitely add into the files. Yeah. <laughs> Please, God, don't tell me I have a file. You definitely do. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye, (laughs) y'all.